Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Thomas Akempis, I'm reading from The Imitation of Christ. He said, all things pass away, and you should be equal with them. In other words, what he means is, if you have something, that's nice. If, it, if you don't have it anymore, that's okay. You either have or you don't have. Paul said, I've, I know how to, to abound and to be without. You have to have the same equanimity, the same nonchalance, the same take it or leave it with everything. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Be Not Aggravated. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, welcome. This is Roland. And today, I am here. The microphone is turned on. And I want to say something to you that will help you. I want to say something that will be of value to you. And what I want you to understand is that little things are important. And when we get caught up in our work, in our study, when we get caught up thinking about things, when you are absorbed in your thoughts, you don't notice the little things. And the little things are very, very important. So let's start with one little thing. And I want to show you how you have to watch out for this one little thing. And the little thing that I'm going to mention to you is aggravation. Aggravation. Some things are, I'm going to use a term that I read in a book this morning by a man who is very wise. He said that some things are aggravatingly seductive. Aggravatingly seductive. And I want you to see that if you allow things that are aggravatingly seductive to get to you, to stimulate you, to move you, to upset you, to excite you, you're going to lose your life force and you're going to lose the game of life. That's exactly right. And I have to say that most of you allow things to be aggravatingly seductive and get to you. Now let's take a little example. If somebody irritates you, it means they got to you. They got to you, and when something gets to you, after that, there's an unwholesome familiarity with it. Before it got to you, it was just out there. But after it gets to you, then you recognize it. You notice it. And strangely, a bond begins to form with it. You become emotionally bonded to things that get to you. And so all somebody has to do is irritate you. Do something that tempts you to become irritated. And when you become irritated, they have gotten to you. Now you begin to notice them, and a strange familiarity comes about. 
to the point that you almost feel like you, you can almost feel like you like them the next time you meet them. Now, perhaps you have noticed when I said the term seductively, what did I say? Aggravatingly seductive. Have you noticed that fast food, for example, or processed food is irritatingly seductive? It contains, it's usually overly spiced, overly sweet, overly salty. It has monosodium glutamate in it, and it is, it is stimulating. It is enticing. It is seductive. It is irritating by the excessive chemicals, by the excessive sugar, the excessive saltiness, the excessive this and that. It makes it excitingly, aggravatingly irritatingly seductive, doesn't it? And how about something that's naughty? Somebody that's naughty or a naughty picture, isn't it aggravatingly seductive? Something about it aggravates, stimulates, excites. See what I mean? Well, I'm here to say that if you allow things to aggravatingly seduce you, then not only do you become subject to them, not only do you become weakened, do you become reactive, you begin to lose your own identity, and pretty soon it's out in the world, and everything gets into you, and you lose yourself. Let's take the example of a chair. I'm going to make it very an example that's so simple, almost ludicrously simple, so that you will get the idea. Let's say there's a chair. And you're walking around and you bump your foot on the chair and it hurts your toe and you become angry at the chair. You become really angry at the chair and you say, you darn chair, and you feel like you want to kick it. Well, it has gotten to you. The next time you see the chair, you'll remember it got to you. So there's an intimidation factor. Now the chair owns you. It has something over you because it got to you. And in a sense, figuratively, it knows your weakness. You had a weakness, it found it out, now it knows your weakness. You have a kind of a pride that can become resentful when something gets in your way. So all the chair has to do is get in your way, and you are irritated by it. Now, you might find yourself being nice to the chair. You might feel guilty because you kicked it, and then you look at it, you see there's a mark on the chair. Now, there's a mark on the chair where you kicked it, and that irritates you also. You feel you are resentful, resentful because of the mark there. You try to rub it out, and it won't come out. So now the chair is ruined, and you become resentful. So now it's gotten to you again, and now it owns you. So I think I've made my point, you understand. But doesn't that happen with people? They irritate us. Then you feel close to them, but you also notice that you're trying to be extra nice to them to make up for the fact that you were impatient with them or angry with them. And then what happens? Then you resent the fa that. You resent the fact that they know 
all about your weakness. They saw it. They know that you have a character weakness, that you didn't remain poised and calm, and that you don't have self-control, and that they can get to you, and that irritates you. It irritates you that they know it. Well, you go around in life and you react to everything. This upsets you. That makes you angry. This irritates you. You don't like the rain. It's too hot. It's too cold. This person is mean. This person is making you wait. This person is too slow. This line is too slow. This and that. And pretty soon, you resent everything. Everything gets to you. And now you're totally intimidated by life. And so you resent life. And now look at what has happened, you see? So I want you to see that these little things are very important. You must not allow things to irritate you. Don't let them get to you. Keep them outside. You don't want them to get in your head. You want to keep them outside. And the way you keep them outside is by standing back, learning to have a little bit of mental distance. Go through life like you did when you were a little child. When you were a little child, you just watched things. You watched mommy and daddy. You watched people. You didn't always understand what was going on or what they were doing or saying. So you just watched them. It didn't get inside. But now everything gets inside because it irritates you. But you see, the problem is that these irritations also have a distraction value, don't they? They distract you from your life, from what's important, from finding the meaning and purpose of your existence. They take you away from your own self, your own life, by distracting you. But when you are guilty, when you are guilty of, of all of these little, what's the word to use? Little failings, little Moments when you could have been patient, when you could have been calm, when you could have been good-natured and you became resentful. Of course, you covered it up and you smiled and acted nice on the surface. But eventually, you don't want to see it. You don't want to see the fact that you're failing, failing with your kids, failing with your partner. And so what do you do? Well, then you use these irritations as a distraction value to pull you away from yourself and from realizing guilt, from realizing shame from realizing your, and seeing the truth about your own failings. So now you, you can use the aggravatingly seductive pictures, the aggravatingly seductive food, the aggravatingly seductive overly sweet thing or overly chemical-laden thing, the aggravatingly seductive drugs, the aggravatingly seductive alcohol, and you can use other people as a distraction. Oh, he's not doing his work. Look, he's on the phone instead of working. Look, he's taking advantage. Look, he's leaving for lunch early. Look, he's coming back from his break late. See? Look at how she's dressed. Look at her clothes. Look at this. Look at that. You can even use your own family, your own kids, your own partner by judging them and being irritated by things that they do. But you know what happens. The more irritated you are, the more you lose control, the more it gets to the point that you, can't, you, have, you lose control over your own reactions. 
So now what you must learn to do is to stand back. See that these little irritations are not a good thing. See that you're misusing them. And see that they indicate a character flaw. You must learn to stand back and observe. Go through life like you were a tourist. You remember maybe when you were younger and you were a tourist. Your family went somewhere and you saw all the things and all the people and nothing irritated you, nothing bothered you. If they were a bit different, this place where you went, it didn't bother you. You just noticed it. Oh, it was so great. You saw the trees and the rivers and the lake and the sky and it was just you just had fun. Or you have to learn how to be that way again. Don't let things irritate you. Don't sweat the small stuff. Isn't that what the title of the book was? Don't sweat the small stuff. Let it go. Make it unimportant. Forget it. See? Just go through life that way. And learn self-control. And the way you do that is learning to stand back. So that when the thing is there, you don't react to it. See, that's the thing. You have to not react to it in the first place. Then it won't get to you in the second place. It won't irritate you in the third place. It won't get inside you in the fourth place. You won't have to be resentful toward it in the fifth place. So it's a very good skill to learn. And I can help. I have some resources that can help you to learn how to stand back. Because, see, when you're not irritated, look, when you're irritated, when something irritates you, when somebody irritates you, it doesn't matter whether you're irritated by a chair, by the weather, by a person, it's usually people, isn't it? But whatever it is that irritates you, it pulls you away from love, it pulls you away from patience, and it pulls you away from virtue. How can you be virtuous when you are irritated? How can you be calm and patient and loving when you're irritated? Yeah, a lot of us, we become irritated, and then right away we do something nice for somebody or something in order to make up for the guilt for being irritated. You shouldn't be irritated in the first place. So I hope that this little message has been of value to you. You can benefit from the resources that I have at the website, SheddingShackles.com, so that you can learn to be calm by not being irritated, being stimulated, being aggravated, being excited. See? The listener call-in line is available 24-7. Call Roland now at 510 510- Four five five eight eight five one. That's five one zero four five five eight eight five one. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your question, and Roland may answer your question on the air. Just stand back and watch. Keep it on the outside. That's a wonderful discipline. Then you can find the purpose for your existence, and your life will have meaning. 
And the things you do will have meaning you can flow from within instead of reacting to the outside. Now you spend all of your time trying to cover up the symptoms from your reaction. The problems in your life stem from probably when you were a little child and you became irritated and angry, angry at your mom, angry at your dad, angry at your brother. And people got to you. Their words got to you. Their words were irritatingly seductive. Do you get it? So don't like people too much. Don't hate them. Just stand back and watch. Express the truth. Be honest. Do your duty. Don't expect anything from other people. Don't expect gratitude. Don't expect them to like you. Don't try to make up for the past. Just go about your life. Do your duty. Be grateful for the fact that God is giving you a little more time in which to find the meaning of life. Roland talks about Christianity in a common-sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. We find your zest for discovery and adventure. Keep listening to Shedding Shackles. I've been talking today about learning how to be in command of your faculties so that your attention is not grabbed by things, pulled into things, seduced by things, but rather you are in command of your faculties and you go through the world glancing, noting, observing lightly. Things go in one ear and out the other. Nothing gets to you when there's idle conversation or gossip or some foolishness. It doesn't even phase you. You don't even notice it. When people try to pull you into some kind of an argument, you don't get pulled in. You stand back and watch. And perhaps take leave. And so you remain your own person. You remain at peace and you are free. See, when your attention is not grabbed by things, seductive things, aggravatingly seductive things. And the example that uh, I could give is, you know how some people, when you tell them something, they go, what? They act like they didn't hear you, but they did hear you. Can you see how that's aggravatingly seductive? So make sure you don't resent the person. Don't resent them. If it's worth saying, then just simply say it again, without emotion, and take leave. And if it's not worth saying, then just let it go and move on. So I think you got the idea. But here's the thing I want you to understand. When your attention is not pulled into things, and I have to mention that our attention is also, our consciousness is also pulled in to daydreams, to thoughts, to fantasies, to reliving the past, thinking about the future, planning and scheming, reliving past glories, or resentfully re reliving past failures, 
or planning what you're going to do to someone or how you're going to get even with them or how you're going to get over on them. We spend so much time lost in thought. Well, that also pulls you in. You have to learn to stand back from it. So out in the world, when there's something that's seductive, there's something that's irritatingly seductive or aggravatingly seductive to pull you in, to get you excited, to get you angry, to get you involved, you have to learn to just let it go. Let it pass. Don't get pulled in. Don't resent it. That's the worst mistake you can make. Don't resent it. Just let it pass by. Let it pass by without even noticing it almost. So don't resent the don't resent the remark, don't resent the person, don't resent what they're up to, and also don't judge them. And don't get pulled in. A lot of times we don't get pulled into them, but we resent them or we judge them, or resent and judge them. Or we don't get pulled in, but we come up with some counter-argument, or we come up with some other way to put them down. In other words, they put us down, we pretend to ignore it, and then we put them down. But you actually did notice it, you judged them, you resented them. Watch the person as if they were a piece of furniture talking, so you don't even hear, hardly even notice what they're saying. It doesn't even phase you. It's like out there, it's far away, it's like it's behind a, a thick glass wall and you're not even you have to learn to be that way and then you'll be free to express the truth with love or to walk away and say nothing but free and not guilty because see if you're guilty for having hated them then you're likely to come back and be extra nice to them or you'll get involved see they try to pull you into something you resent it but then you get involved because of your guilt, and so you try to be extra nice, and they got you anyway. So watch out for that. And you have to have the same approach to thoughts and fantasies. They want to pull you in too, don't they? They want to distract you and allure you and excite you, and anger you, and fascinate you. Do you understand? Don't let it happen. Stand back. See the thought. Don't struggle with it. Just watch it. It'll go away. And the same thing goes for thoughts. Thoughts are always trying to fool you. They're trying to trick you. You leave home, and you go driving, and the thought says, you didn't lock the door. You go back and lock the door, and then you get in your car and you drive, and the thought says you didn't lock the door. Even though you know you locked the door. If you give in to that and you go back, then it's got you. Do you understand? Learn to just let it pass, that kind of a thought. So now I think you got the idea. Thomas Akempis wrote a book called The Imitation of Christ. The Imitation of Christ is, outside of the Bible, the most widely read devotional of all time, The Imitation of Christ. And listen to what he says. This is very beautiful. He says, Why do you cast your eyes hither and thither, since this is not the place of your rest? In heaven ought your habitation to be, 
and all earthly things should be looked upon, as it were, in the passing by. Isn't that beautiful? All earthly things ought to be looked upon in the passing by. In other words, just glance at things as you're passing by. And doesn't that say very eloquently what I have been trying to say in today's program? Just note lightly. Don't get pulled in. Don't resent. If you don't resent it, then it won't be able to aggravate or irritate you. You can even see what they're up to. You can see that someone heard you, but they pretend they didn't. Or you can see that they're doing something to try to pull you in. Just see it. Don't resent it for it. Just see it and let it pass. And you have to learn to not allow yourself to get pulled into every gossip, every story about whether the quarterback is going to be replaced or not, or this or that coach is going to be replaced, don't get pulled into it. Just let it pass. And here is something else very beautiful. He said, Thomas Akempis, I'm reading from The Imitation of Christ. He said, all things pass away, and you should be equal with them. In other words, what he means is, if you have something that's nice, if, it, if you don't have it anymore, that's okay. You either have or you don't have. Paul said, I've, I know how to, to abound and to be without. You have to have the same equanimity, the same nonchalance, the same take it or leave it with everything. Don't get too close to things. Don't get too close to people. You're better off with their hands off respect. Don't get too close because when you do, you can't, you can't help them. Do You then become part of their problem and their problem becomes part of you. You can't really help them when you're too close. Listen to this. Thomas Akempis says, Let your contemplation be on the Most High and let your supplication be directed unto Christ without ceasing. Wasn't it Paul who said we should pray without ceasing? Do you understand now? When you're not in the wrong place, you're in the right place. When you're not pulled into this little aggravating thing, when you're not pulled into that gossip, when you're not pulled into this rumor, when you're not pulled into this exciting junk food, when you're not pulled into this drug or that alcohol or this stimulation or this naughty picture, when you're not pulled into them, then you're in the right place. You're free. That here's the point I wanted to make, and I'm running out of time, so I want to make it right now. You are free to give your attention to your loved ones. You are free to express truth, free to have time to contemplate life and to discover its meaning, and free to commune with your Creator. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. 
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.